Hello, friends. I'm Corey the Joy. This is Stacking Pennies. We got a bunch of stuff to dig in here from Nash Vegas. Bubba versus Booty. Who took the win? Uh, I'll tell you who took the win. Awesome chase from the same place, Dawsonville Pool Room. Sirens were singing at midnight on Sunday night. Bunch of stuff to get into. Also, Pit Road, Boats and Woes analyst Ryan Flores tied for the fastest average pit stop of the weekend. So we'll dig into that, see where all that speed came from. And as always, Penny for Your Thoughts questions coming right up. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. And we're in it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm uh, Corey LeJoy, joined by some good friends, Mr. Chuck Bush. Wearing it, wearing it, wearing it, wearing it. Are you wearing we're a wrecking. Canadian tuxedo today? No, this Chuck? is uh, not uh, denim. This is more I don't know. Flannelly. It looks quite like more denim. Flannelly. No, that's denim. That's, that's a denim. That's a blue denim shirt and black denim pants. Yeah, well, they are black denim pants, but it's not. It's it's softer than denim. Now, were you never told the black and blue clash, my friend? You look like a bruise. Well, and brown. <laughs> he's got brown I've shoes. I've got all the colors here. I'm like a, you know, Bl- I'm just Blue a shirt, black yeah. pants, and brown shoes. Yeah. What color is your belt? The only person brown. that... matches the shoes. The only person that I would r- rather not take fashion advice from is Merriman sitting to my left, Jonathan Merriman. Hey, I look good. You look like... It's just my face. Picnic Let's... table. You look like a picnic table where they bring a, cra- like a plate of crab legs and you just crack until you can't eat anymore. Yeah, like Dirty Dick's seafood yep. restaurant. <laughs> and then literally you wore your, the shoes that you've been mowing your grass in every week yeah man i'm a dad you can see my ankles this weekend so are both of them and then last but not least uh let's just rag on his shirt yeah you got a topographical shirt on it's like i can like and the top buttons you look like a walking low country boil Look like Chase Elliott's Dude, flight here. plan home. He's had that one on the tip of his tongue since he walked in here. I like how he tried to like rag on you after that one with the like, <laughs> You look like Chase Elliott's flight plan. Yeah, uh, I kind of do. Yeah. All right, give me some. <laughs> no, I don't feel left. Well, off. you look like your shoes came out of 1970. No, I like his shoes. I do. His shoes do. are cool. He's... What kind of shoes are those? Nikes. They're Nikes. Oh yeah. Never heard of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> But it Good looks one. like you got like some old ass uh, foam insulation on there. Yeah, they're they're. All right, that's enough insults. <laughs> Let's get into the racing. You bruise. Uh, I whipped out the hat this weekend. I don't know if you actually. I didn't post it on Instagram because I uh, I deleted Instagram, guys. I'm off of it. I turned right. the keys over to my social media guy. Uh, I needed to unplug for a bit. You know. Well, I noticed your shirt looks like the same mark that was on your hat. The three little X's on the the side there. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's not related. Good. This uh, is a roan shirt. I wear my Sheikah hat. Just as Greg Olson had noticed at Dale Jr.'s party. Uh, but, yeah, subtle, the hat only comes out four drop. or five times a year. What was that, you big timer? I've told that Greg Olson yeah. story on oh, the show. Oh, I thought you yes. meant you were like at Dale Jr.'s party this weekend in Nashville. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Chill. Okay. No. What so I'll talk about you... previous. I apologize. Was it a diamond plate hat or what hat did you wear? No, not the diamond plate hat. Did I tell you about the... I can't tell that you, story on you, the show. You... I got to reel it in. <laughs> no, he took yeah. Chase out. What hat did you wear? I wore my Mashika hat. This weekend. That's the one you're talking about. Saturday night, yes, to dinner. It was great. It only comes out like once or twice a year. In Nashville, it comes out every Every time I go to dinner with you, you got some hat on. Did it see its shadow? Or we got got six more (laughs) weeks of (laughs) (laughs) volleyball. All right, y'all. Tighten it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. No, you lock it up. You know who locked it up this weekend? Chase Elliott locked it up this locked weekend. Locked up the, the odds uh, we had, to be uh, the leader uh, and win the championship odds. What was what was Carl Edwards' nickname, John? 
Carl? Cousin Carl. Nope, they're not the other one. Concrete Carl. Concrete Carl. Now we got Concrete Chase from the same place. My man's won at Dover. I think he's won at Dover twice now. He Maybe we can call him Cement Chase instead. Nope, I like Concrete Chase from the same place. He gets her done. Now, there's something weird about the concrete surface. It just has a different tire feel. Uh, and obviously, when somebody figures it out, i.e. Jimmy Johnson at Dover, Carl Edwards, uh, any concrete track was really good, spe- specifically Nashville Super Speedway. And now Chase seems to be figuring it out. That nine car made his way to the front this weekend. Burning it up on that old cement, buddy. Yeah. Um, what, how'd, how'd the race look? I, like It dude, looked good. My I mean, long? the lightning, the oh, lightning and rain goodness. delays were – uh, it, it was brutal to sit through on TV, but look, I mean, what can you do? I mean, Bro. I didn't think they were going to get that race in. Kudos NASCAR for getting that race in. We didn't have to have a uh, a Monday show, so uh, and, it, and it was good. The worst part about the rain delays is the snacking. Yeah, it ruins my week, dude. I had three packs of fruit snacks. I'm it's, I'm embarrassed to admit you can't stop. No, it's no. like you can't stop eating snacks. It when was. It was welcome, welcome to my life. Blazing hot to start, bro. Yes, um, it was. And I, I had my got my whoop strap going, and bef- so from the time the green flag waved for the next 22 minutes until lap 42, the first la- lightning strike, I averaged 165 beats per minute, uh, and 182 was my max just in 20 minutes, and I burned about 500 calories in the first 40 laps. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this is gonna be. A long day. Luckily, got a lightning delay. Uh, recovered. We got the car driving better. It was a. I just get into my night right quick. It was a. It was a long one. Lost track position early. I thought we had a pretty good car in practice. Lost the handle on it. Made some swings. Went to the back. Went back to the front. Got some track position. Stayed out one time. Uh, track position was obviously a key for a lot of guys. And uh, we got lapped down at some point in time. Fought. Got a lucky dog with like eight to go, put some tires on it, and drove back to 20th. Passed Kyle Busch on the last lap. Well, he was in the fence for all ride. So I watched the end car, and I was going to ask you about this. I don't think he agreed with that two-tire call. He did He did not, and he got – they went four wide in front of him and basically blocked his run. Yeah. Then when Brad got hit, he kind of got backed up. I don't think yeah. he hit anything. Yeah, but once your momentum's killed, you're – Well, in, in, but like still there was three laps to go or four, two laps to go after that, and it just like – and I don't know this. I sit here. No, you're not behind. the first person that yeah. said what You know what I mean? It just seemed like he was like, oh, well, F it. And he just rode around for the last two laps. And then, like you can see, turns three and four, a damn seven car comes in there. I'm like, oh, Corey got him one. He passed Kyle Yes, Bush. top 20. Yeah. I think that's our eighth of the year. So uh, that is one less than we had all year last year in the first 16 races. And if uh, we have broken 60% of the time. So that works every time, Chuck. Um, <laughs> but it seems like if we finish, we actually finish in the top 20. We just haven't been able to put complete races together. But that was a pretty good one. I thought we stayed in the fight pretty well all night. Uh, somebody who did not stay in the fight did not do a good job. Uh, as much as I love my buddy Bubba, he lost his mind on the radio. Let's just you want to get right into it a little bit because there are some stats that Ryan Flores has pulled with a, another car that had a comparable night on pit road. So I'm not like. I don't, I'm not trying to get put on the spot like that, but yeah, uh, looking right looking on. at uh, yeah, you know, looking at the weekend. So Bubba, it's no secret that he's had a rough year on pit road. It's also no secret that like Blaney has had a rough year on pit road. It's no secret that the nine car has had a couple issues. So the the four car, obviously, yeah. And you look at them this weekend. We'll cover in boats and woes, but they made a pit crew swap this weekend. Went P1 on the day. So 
He didn't even call his guys wankers. No, he didn't. He just called them mother. Uh, so there's a point in time where you know Harvick, over the course of his career, has been known to give Picker guys a lot of trouble. Yeah, he's also was a team owner. He he had a little bit. He had a lot invested in paying these guys and all that. So I do know people that have. <laughs> Been been run off by Harvick before, but one thing that we were looking at just from this this week alone, and you look at the nine team, right? They're a championship caliber team. They came down on lap 120, 121, the same time Bubba had an issue. They had a loose wheel as well. They had to come back, fix it. They go on to win the race. Bubba Bubba's day is destroyed, and that that is from the top to the bottom. You look at that just as a race team. How do you deal not just not just Bubba in the car? How do the how does the road crew deal with it? How's the pit crew deal with it? How's the crew chief deal with it? And you look at guys like Alan Gufferson, you look at that whole Cliff. nine team, you know, that that is that shows why they have why they have rings at the house. Yeah. And to be able to have issues like that now in the pit crew world right now, you are a hundredth of a second away from a catastrophic failure. It is, and we see it. We saw the 17th tire going down, you know, going around the track this weekend. We saw the returning champion, you know, the five cars tire in the sand traps at, at Sonoma. You are right there. You're going to have issues. Now, the 23 has had more issues than uh, probably I think it's six. Yes, they've had they've had a lot of issues. But how are we dealing with it? Are they making changes? I see on, on here, you know, do they swap the 45 team? What do they do? And my only thing with Bubba is, at what point? Is it not constructive criticism? So I have a question because I heard this said this week. You can go 100% speed and try to have a fast pit stop, up your chances of making a mistake. You could go 85 90% speed and be good, I guess, 90% of the time. What's happening with that crew? Are they trying? Are they trying to rip the fastest stop Every single time, or do you think, in your opinion, have they dialed it back a little bit to minimize mistakes, or is there any of that going? Or on? is it a product of those guys are the bottom of the JGR pit stop yeah. depth chart? So I'm 34 years old. It's taken a long time to understand. You have to know. So you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, right? You got to know when to, to do a 10-5, right? And then you got to know when it's time to hey, lace them up here. We got to win this race, or we got to get a couple and. I think that the guys on the 23 car are JGR's youngest team, from what I understand. I, I know that they have David O'Dell jacking it, if he's still jacking it, but the changers might be the youngest guys they have. And what they're learning in, in that system, JGR has openly expressed that they want to be the fastest on pit road all the time. So they're not lifted. So if that's how they're training there, I don't know if that's how it is, but if that's how they're training there, that's probably where these mistakes are coming from. But, you you know, you look at some big mistakes coming on green flag cycles. We'll get into this more in Boats and Woes. But I I just feel like, you know, if you look at the day, there was four stops after their problems, after the, the, the nine car and the 23, after they came in and tightened their loose wheels on lap 121, they had four pit stops the rest of the day. And the 23 outperformed the nine by a couple hundredths. They were better than the nine car was. And the nine car won the race. Obviously, during that cycle, I think the 23 tried to fix some threads that they thought were messed up or wanted to do something different. And they lost a lap, which completely puts you way far further behind. So it's not apples to apples. But if you're just looking at it straight from a numbers perspective, after the issue, the 23 had a better day than the nine car. Well, and even with that, he finished 12th. On, on pit road. Like, on, on pit road, going like Dude, that, well, losing the laps. I have my opinion on it. Finish your thought. I mean, that was really my like. It, you, you have guys that have issues. One wins the race. One finishes twelfth. Did Bubba stay out that, at the end? So Bub, Bubba had hit? Bubba had one of the best cars, if not the best car, at the racetrack from the time they unloaded. 
did they come back down and pit for tires or anything after that? What it was the Fortigo restart or whatever at the Fortigo restart. I just know that they did four. I just know that they did four stops the rest of the day. I don't know exactly where they ended up on that last restart, but what I can tell you is this: we had an issue. We had a twenty-one second pit stop that put us. We you know we it put us the last car on the on the lead lap. Now. There is a big difference between having an issue and being the last car on the lead lap and having an issue and coming back down and being the last car on the track. Because mm-hmm. if you pit twice, then you're behind all the lap down cars. Yes. And that, you know, at some point that's 10 or 20 cars that, that puts difference. the leader that much closer to you. If it goes green and cycles, you're probably a lap down. Right. From that, we put Ryan behind. Then he was trying too hard and spun out. Then we roped it in, had good car, got good strategy, and ended up finishing third. Yeah. Now, now Ryan has flown off the handle this year a couple times, but this time it was, hey, man, we know we messed up. We buckled back down. You who's know, the one that has to, like, acknowledge or, like, whose responsibility is it to rein it in? Is it the driver's responsibility to cool his emotions? Is it the spotter? Is it the crew chief? Listen, if you lose your head, we're all grown men. There's nobody that's going to rope you back in, right? And, like, like I, for me, like, if Ryan gets upset – what I've noticed, if you try to go and try to help him, he'll get more mad. So you have to know your, you know, you have to yeah. know your, your player. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I think Bub was the same way. Like, if you try to, hey, man, it's going to be all right, he might fire back and be like, it's not going to, it's not all right. Don't talk to me, you know, like he did this weekend. But you have to figure Let out how to win with the people you're with. No doubt. There's a reason why rings are sitting in a lot of these guys' houses, right? And a lot of the reasons why there's rings not sitting in a lot of guys' houses to try to do this thing. Let me ask a rhetorical question, Chuck or Merriman. Is it warranted? Something's warranted. I think you need something from What is the balance of showing emotion and being genuinely pissed off for what you feel like is the best chance for you to win all year after multiple incidents, right, of what you feel like is the common denominator being, i.e., the the pit crew, versus being, you know – Somewhat cool, comic collected, accepting for what it is, and then going plug back in and attacking. Is there a right or a wrong response? Like that, like that. That's my re- response to that. Is like, yeah. who's to say what is right or what is wrong in that moment? Like, let me say this: everybody who has an opinion on social media who has never been behind the wheel or put a helmet on or had to perform in front of hundreds of thousands of people as well as carry the weight of driving for Michael Jordan, Denny, and all the pressure that he's under. People that have an opinion on what Bubba should or shouldn't say, they don't carry any weight to me. That's what that's my opinion of because my man is under a lot of pressure. He by himself he probably puts a lot of pressure on himself as well. But you know, like, dude, what he what he's doing and the pressure he's under obviously doesn't help when Kurt's up there running the top three, wins at Kansas Kurt's been strong, and when you see that gap, whether it's in points, whether it's in uh, performance on a general level, like that stuff starts to wear on you. You've played other sports, right? Yeah. And when you've been on the field, have you had frank conversations with your teammates about, like, I know playing soccer in high school, when I screwed up or somebody else screwed up, like, I've gotten yelled at by the goalie. The people in the stands don't necessarily hear that because I I don't have a camera on me. I'm not mic'd up. But everything in a NASCAR race is like any fan at the track can listen in on the radio. The broadcast is taking every bit and picking it apart. The media is picking every single thing apart. So in that moment, if you're a competitor and there's no microphones and something 
Except, are you going to say that to them in the moment? Like, hey, don't say anything for a little bit. Just, just, just give me a minute. I've learned. I've stuck my foot in my mouth plenty of times. A lot of the times, I just won't key the button up, right? If I'm pissed off about something, I will just – like, when you see red, because also when you're in it, yeah, you're listening to the crew chief and you're listening to the spotter and you can talk to all those guys. Also, anybody else who's scanning you uh, can obviously listen. But you feel so lonely. You feel like you are on an island and there's no son of a bitch in the world that has any outcome on the day besides what you're doing. And when you when you are in that moment, something happens of you feel like you are your day's ruined or whatever the course it may be. Like, dude, your first inclination is just like to lose your mind because you put so much work and so much effort into it that it might take somebody like Freddie, right? Like it's like, I don't know what it is or I don't know their style or whatever, but you got to keep the reins pulled tight or know how to talk to your guy. Like when Cliff Daniels, perfect example, when Cliff Daniels and Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson spins out by himself to Coke 600, Cliff Daniels says, all right, timeout reset here. Yep. Like Bubba has not had from what I've seen you know, from a 10,000 foot view of like, he doesn't have that guy that he, whether it's respects or uh, enough to like listen to and like shake him out of the funk because uh, everybody can see Bubba. Like he puts himself in a funk a lot of the times because this stuff is hard and it's, it's just what it is. Well, back to the right and wrong response, right? Like I, I get you're in there by yourself and I, I've been on both sides of it to where we have a great day or, or when you freak out, right? Like, I have your, if I'm on your car, I have your best interest in mind. I'm yes. on the, I'm pulling the rope the same way you are. There's nobody that knows that I messed up more than me. Right. There's nobody, there's, there's five guys over the wall, four, four really, if you're not counting the gas man. Right. And you're out there for the world to see any day that I leave the house, I can be on TV zoomed in for sucking. Yeah. Like it's, it's there. Yeah. And right now, like I said before, you're very close on a fine line. To, to being on TV for the wrong reasons, having four weeks off. Yeah. Now, when I was with Tony Stewart in 2011, the yeah, we all know how Tony can be. He won the championship at Homestead. And historically, if you go back and watch it, the 14 team had a terrible night on pit road. And what he said, they had rough stops. They had a lug nut stuck in the, in the gun. Daniel Smith did. We had, you know, having to fix the nose. And all he said after that was, they're going to really feel like after we kicked their ass from this. Yeah. Right. And and that's, and everybody said, okay, focus back in. Yeah. Now, when you go and you bash your guys as hard as he did, then it opens up the door for, well, he didn't say nothing when we sent him out with the lead last week and he drove that thing all the way to seventh. Yeah. Right. So now you're, now you're, there's a divide. Yeah. This weekend, Blaney left the pit stall and didn't say a word. Nobody didn't, nobody said anything. Yeah. And we knew we messed up. We knew we had a bet and go look at each other and go, okay, hey, re refocus here. Yeah. And you, you finish with two good stops and you go on and, and you finish third and it's not a distraction, right? When you start complaining about it, it becomes a reason why it's okay to lose. Yeah. That's, that's how I see it. Well, paging a sports psychologist, please help our friend Bubba. He could definitely help. Yeah. But, but also I want to say this because what we see on TV and what we hear is the tip of the iceberg. Right? Sure. I don't know what meetings he had with Booty that week. I don't know what meetings he had with the Gibbs Pitt department that week. I don't know if he – like there there could be way more going on there that they're promising him this isn't going to happen again, that they've shown him steps why it's not going to happen again. So I'd hate to be, act like I'm part of that race team and know what's going on because a lot of times when I think, hey, he's just being an asshole, 
there's a reason maybe why. For sure. So, like, I don't want to jump in and bash him, but I don't think that what he did in that time or instance, and and if you look at, you know, Latart, what he said on backseat drivers, he hit the nail on the head, was it constructive, and I don't think it was. Let's have something I want to tell you when we're ready to move on. I think we're ready to move on. I just wanted to let you know I think you're a really good race car driver. (laughs) Thanks, man. You're welcome. Oh, where where was the audio? I was hoping we'd lead with that today. Take a listen to what Alex had to say on the radio. Pretty cool. Well, Corey LaJoy is a really good race car driver. Sarcastic comment about Corey. Why is that sarcastic? I don't know why it was sarcastic. It's not sarcastic. <laughs> how, did, how did Jail Jr. know that was sarcastic? Maybe yeah. just give me a compliment. Don't re- don't return your text messages. Thanks, you suck. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, I mean, th- I guess that was the nicest thing Alex could have said in the moment. He probably could have called me a no-good mf'er. But, yeah, here's here's how it went, man. I, I was racing for the lucky dog with a 31 and a 30, the bottom rolled, and him, he was clogging the top up. Uh, we run the top for two, three laps, and he was going to go run. He opened his arc up into one like he was going to run the top or the middle. And I stuck it. I committed to go to the bottom to try to get closer to the guy I was racing for the dog with. And my man just turned across. I mean, he turned down in front of me. I didn't get him in the left rear. I got him straight in, like, the le- left rear headlight. I couldn't get to the brakes hard enough, and he he went around. Ended his day. I did feel gen- genuinely bad about it. So once the the lightning struck again, I texted him. I'm like, yo, man. I'm I'm really sorry. Thought you were committed to the middle and couldn't get to the brakes fast enough. Why and then you sent me a nice T-shirt design to put up, <laughs> so therefore I did. I don't know anything about racing etiquette, right? Like, I'm 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 the person on I racing. It's adoring people and moving them out of the way. I just don't care. Why is it your responsibility to hit the brakes in that situation, albeit to save your race car that you've you know torn three up in a row or whatever had yeah. whatever happened? Why is that your responsibility in terms of etiquette to hit the brakes? And and why is it important for you to reach out to Alex in that case if he did come down on you? Um, well, I mean, if you're on the highway and you run in the back of somebody, you get the ticket, right? So there's still there's a little bit of that etiquette. If yeah, you run in the back of somebody, you spin them out. If you're in your lane and they come down. No, that'd be one thing. If if he came like left for left for a tire over my right front tire, then that's one thing. Gotcha. But so he, 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 made, he was in front of you before you and hit. And I just and dis, didn't anticipate him going another gotcha. lane to the bottom. Okay. And Makes in sense. that three-tenths of a second of where, I, when I realized he wasn't going to the middle anymore, I couldn't get to the brakes and get a load up. Because we both were on the brakes, and he continued to come down, and I, like, bumper to bumper. But also, like, my aggression level to the bottom is deeper, like, to fill the hole than it would be with him just rolling the okay. middle. I thought you left reared him. I thought that's what happened. No, I, got I thought like, he came down. No, I got him in like the left rear, like on the bumper, like okay. right front headlight to left rear bumper okay. and spun him out. And and obviously, like when after the fact, like as soon as I hit him, I'm like, oh, f-. it's like, Tom, I'm sorry. You know, because like it wasn't intentional by no means. And at the end of the day, like his, his sponsors, the presenting sponsor of the race, like they got a, a billion people there. Like I generally did feel bad about that. I, I did. But uh, that's part of racing. You, I mean, I'm six years into this thing. If you're not hitting anybody occasionally when you're racing on like you're just going to get pushed around. But uh, that wasn't an instance of that where I was like trying to get him back or anything. It was just, it was really just a racing deal and he got the short end of it. But as Bob said, if a Hendrick fan was mad about that. Yeah, it all worked out for the Hendrick fan. It all worked fan out because the race would have been called. Who would have won the, at that point in time? One of the Gibbs cars. I don't know if it was the 11 or the 19, but yeah, because the, you know, four or five laps caution after I junked the 48 was enough time to not get us to halfway. You know, it's all serendipitous, if you will, Chuck. Uh, but I did feel bad about that. Then it got a little bit of run on social media. I was definitely a troll in that <laughs> scenario. I mean, look, it, I, I think you trolling that is fair play. 
with with Bowman because he he yeah. has trolled in the past, and like I'm here for that stuff. Yeah, troll or be trolled. Yeah, like if you're gonna troll, expect to get yeah. trolled well, back. I, I will say this. I will give I will give Alex benefit of the doubt because he does troll when like he wins races yeah, and people yeah. says comments not about not about junking a dude with fair, fair, with, fair. with 150 laps to go in the race. But like I'm I'm, I'm no doubt. I, There's that's valid. Yeah. I but I think that type of stuff we need a lot more of that in the sport of good-natured ribbing. Like, there's yeah. nothing malicious. I mean, I don't think there was anything malicious about him no. in the moment saying, really good race car driver. And I'm – no. And, like, yeah, it's fair. And, yeah. and I'm also not going to make a T-shirt that says that and, like, you know, get yeah. a run out of it. Even if it was, like, donate money to charity. No, yeah. like – But making the joke. Make, yeah. Make the a, joke. It's make a joke, joke yeah. right? And well, I'll have one of those shirts. I'm sure that <laughs> Alex did not find it very funny, <laughs> and nor should he have. But you know what? He might in a week. Probably not. You'll see the humor in it at some point. Well, yeah. Danny Hamlin also didn't think it was funny when he had shirts that said hack on them. <laughs> That's true. So it was. it's all Merriman's fault anyway. It was because uh, I I didn't go, I wouldn't have went through the whole process of design a T-shirt, but thank you for my Yeah, you don't have access to Microsoft Paint? No, not in the middle of a rain <laughs> delay, sir, as quick as you, as quick as you are. But uh, let's just talk about the man, shall we? Awesome chase from the same place. We haven't gave him the, the love and affection that he deserves for being the Nashville winner. Uh, interesting stat I just read here came in from Janie's ticker. He is the third all-time winningest driver at uh, Hendrick, Chuck. Yeah. Fairly large gap behind the first two guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know who those might be? Yeah, I, I think you've got one Jeff Gordon with his 93, yeah. 93 wins. And then Mr. Jim, Jimothy Johnson. Jim Jays with 80, 80, 83. 83, 84, something like that. He's 83. And then there's Chase Elliott with 15. He's going to catch up. Well, riddle me this. When Chase Elliott's career is done here in 10, 12 years, whatever it is, who will they say had a better career in the Cup Series? Mr. Bill Elliott or Don't say anything. Clyde? <laughs> Ryan, come to find out, is a big closet Bill Elliott fan. I like Bill so, Elliott. He went through a lot of Happy Meals as a kid trying Def to get the Hot Wheels out there. Well, no, but I just said before the podcast started that Chase, you know, his dad is one of the best to ever do it. And then Merriman got like triggered. And I'm trying to figure out why you think Bill Elliott sucked. I didn't I didn't say As you I said, you Bill said, Elliott and I quote, sucked. Bill Elliott sucked and he still sucks. <laughs> That's what you said. That's what I heard too. That's what I heard. Well, thank you for uh, putting <laughs> words in my mouth and literally releasing it. You said that you said that you thought uh guys like Mark Martin had a better which which I would I mean I would it's say opinion. Yeah, sure. I, I would. I mean, I also think this. Listen, the the golden era of my fandom, right? As a kid, I didn't see Bill Elliott at his peak. I saw Mark Martin as an old man whipping people's ass in you know three different cars. Uh, so I think that plays a factor into it. I don't know. I just it it could be the style. It could be the the subdued nature. Like just no flash to it, in my opinion. Well. 29 wins away, Chase is, from his old man. 44 total wins in a Cup Series. Is it achievable at this pace, do you yes. think? What do you think, Chuck? I mean, I, I think it it is. How old's Chase? 24. 28. Uh, 28. He's 26 or 7. Hold on. I'm going I'm to consult Google. Y'all keep going. I mean, I, I definitely think it is doable, especially, like, you know that 26. Hendrick is – you know that Hendrick is capable of putting together a car that can win double-digit wins in a season. Kyle Larson did that last year. Um, and you, you keep putting road courses and concrete tracks on the on the circuit, then Chase could definitely do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Chase, it's no secret that Chase has, like, had 
Gufson his whole career, and Allen is one of the top guys in the garage. And when does Allen retire? Right, I've I've heard that you know he's not going to want to do it forever, and he's going to Chase's career is going to outlast Allen's. And and what does that do? Because that that that'd be a big hole in a race team. Now I I don't know who they have fill that role, if it's a guy like Cliff or if it's somebody that they bounce around a couple guys, but. But there's, you know, immeasurables that Allen brings to a team for sure. That dude's 46. He looks like he looks he's like he's 40. 30. Yeah, he's a stud. Bottom mountain bike riding. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to tell. And I also have tried to, like, separate myself. Like, for, for me and, like, what I've lived and seen, Jimmy, there's nobody better than Jimmy Johnson. No. Right? But you also can look back and appreciate, like, truly, honestly, when we talk about this, we sit in the same garage that David Pearson was in, that Rich Petty was in. So, like, when they're, when you look back and saw what they did and actually compare, you're like, hmm, it's pretty good. But it's, it's easier good. to tell because it's in front of you. You know, the 48 car was in my line of sight. I saw it. Right. Well, I mean, just if Chase continues to click off two, three wins a year for the next not even 10, it's, he'll be around for another 15 at least. So, right, I mean, right there's – He'll, I think he'll he will surpass his old man already tied with him. Bill only, Bill Elliott only had one championship. I, I don't think it's I don't think yeah. it's Chase a stretch one. to say that that Chase will be a, a close to a fifty win guy by the time he retires. But I, that's I, fair. I also I mean I, I was kind of in and out of consciousness towards the end of the race there, but I feel like he said in his interview, "You never know when your next one of these is going to come." So like. He could and he could go on and get close to his dad and get you know forty five wins could get fifty or this could have been it. I think like I don't I, I don't mean, think it is. I think he's I think Chase will win another championship. I think he'll be a multi time champion, which his dad wasn't. And I think if he can do that with twenty five wins, he's had a better career than his dad has. It's like Eli Manning versus I don't know. Peyton Manning. Yeah, he's won a lot of Daytona five. He's won a couple of Daytona five hundreds, couple Southern five Southern five hundreds. He's off and bail from Dolphin seven times Dolphin. at Michigan, Indianapolis. Well, seven times at Michigan. You know what? We should put a statue of him up. We should seven of them in Michigan? I mean, did they do that for DW at Bristol when he got his seven? Yeah, but DW's on a whole other level. You're going in the Bill Elliott Hater Hall of Fame. You're, you're going into elite level with DW. You're not saying so. You're saying Bill Elliott is not elite. I think Billy Elliott was very good. I think DW was elite. Like, yeah. Hot takes. That is a hot, yeah. hot take. I don't think that's an ice cold take. No. no. I don't think that's an ice cold take at all. It's I had, mean, had about double the wins, so there you go. Well, hey, I mean we're gonna have some uh we're gonna have some real hot takes because there was a big old fire on pit road and that forty three car on pit road. Get the fire extinguisher. Boats. Get the fire extinguisher coming right back. Pit road boats and woes. Stick around. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
And it's time for Bit Row Boats and Woes with front tire changer Ryan Blaney, the third place finisher this weekend, Mr. Ryan Flores. Yeah. Yeah. Two so, so this stage points in both stages. Solid night. B3. Y'all tried to screw him. I had a little bit of drama, but when you look at it from 40,000 feet, you'll just see a pretty solid day. Pretty solid day. Yep. Top of the board. Tied well, top of the board. I'm giving the nod to the four car because we did have that rough one. And so uh, the way that these stats work, if you have a pit stop that's, say, over 13 seconds, it just gets kicked out because they take your best body of work. So it kind of throws out. That way it throws out damage stops or something that's crazy. So it just takes your best body of work and, and puts it there. But the four car, yeah, big changes this week. They took the the Jackman and the front tire changer from the 14 team and put them on the four and uh, definitely – Definitely looks like it's working out for them. And I always feel like when you make changes like that, guys are focused and locked in and it's easy to do well. So I'll be interested to see how they do um, moving forward and uh, see if they can keep it up. But a lot of stuff going on on pit road this week for sure. There was a sweet video circulating on Twitter of the rear tire changer for the 43 Justin Fiedler uh, and a big old fire. My man pulled the trigger a bit early and about spun the nut, made some sparks. Yeah, I well, he's had and he's a great follow on Twitter frame that's listening to this or that's a fan of this segment because he just he puts a lot of his helmet camera up and he kind of shows probably a little bit more than like what I what I could do with with his team. They kind of he has access more to that stuff and he does a great job explaining it. Great threads and uh, he's had a lot of issues this year where uh, on NBC this weekend they showed the detent button that will hold the wheel. Uh, if the nut tr starts to back off, it'll it'll keep the nut on there, and that button will cause trouble at certain times. And if the left rear say you lift off the gas and you get back to it, it kind of spins the left rear a little bit. And if that lock is in the right place, the nut will kind of grab that lock and keep it from hmm. being able to be pushed down. And the things that that what pushes that those detents down is the fit of the socket over the hub. It fits square over it. So if you hit it and it won't. It, they won't release you get stuck away from the nut so he hit it and it stopped like he was on the nut and he pulled the trigger and realized it wasn't but just those little bit of sparks lit the gas that was on the ground fire on fire and then up Seriously. the fuel neck and uh it was big it was big and it, it's a really cool video you guys should go check it out but um but yeah i actually talked to him and tried to understand why he felt like he was having some more issues with the detents than most and i don't really know i've heard it I could see the detents also by where they end. If they're straight up at like 12 o'clock and you pull the tire, it can make you cock the tire. It can, it can affect your pull. But um, I also set the pit wall on fire before the race this weekend. With, How'd you manage to do that? I uh, cleaned my socket with brake clean and then I hit it, my socket to uh, like hit the gun to spin the socket uh, to clean it all out. And I set it back on the wall. It was spinning. It sparked and it, whoosh, and it, uh, yeah, the uh, the pit wall started on fire, which was kind of awkward. But yeah, flammable so, substance sparks, man, do not do not mix well. Yeah, and we saw another wheel on the racetrack this week, which is, man, green flag pit stops are, are a very they're they're a trap because you it's loud. There's a lot going on, and you feel like you're losing a lot more time than you actually are when you mess up. So watching the 17th pit stop, they had a little bit of a, a tough time with engagement. Um, just, you know, it looked like he sparked another little bit when he went on with the right rear and not the cleanest exchange. And when they left the right rear, he was still tightening the nut while it was on the ground. And the jack man, actually, when he got to about the emblem on the front of the car, looked back like, are we good? And, uh, they were not, uh, obviously the right rear was not good, but 
Green flag pit stops are a trap because really it should be a layup. There's a lot more to lose than to gain, but you feel your 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 heart rate is higher because of this yeah. of this you know the circumstance. You really don't want to have an issue where you're sitting there on pit road. You're the only one on pit road. It feels like everybody's watching you. So so yeah, that to have a, an issue like that and the wheel man, it scared me because it took a little bit while to throw the caution while the wheel was kind of against the fence and I'm like, oh, throw it, throw it. Cause I didn't want anybody to hit it. It's yeah. definitely a, a scary thing, but it's something, like I said, we're going to continue to see and uh, a, a lot can go wrong in a quick time on pit road. No doubt. Well, we're having opposite stops the first time all year this weekend going to road America. We got a little bit of right side gas jumping off the right side wall. What are you guys doing to prepare? Yeah. A lot. It's, it's so much different. I, I swear the first, uh, the first pit stop or the first, you know, the first day of doing this, I feel like a, baby deer getting to the right front just because you're moving in it in such a different direction but it's it used to be something that you didn't focus much on because it was one race a year Watkins Glen now it's three races a year we got Road America Indianapolis and Watkins Glen so one thing that you'll look for here you want to obviously you want to do the best pit stops you can speed wise but you want to make sure that you get it right the first time I don't think you're going to, you're not going to go here and try to focus on doing nine second stops. And if you do go there and try to focus on nine second stops, you are going to fall down and make an ass out of yourself. The second thing that we see a lot of on backwards pit stops is gas cans being drug out of the pit box. The way that the fuel necks are and where the gas men stand, that, that is always something that you fall into the trap of. The other thing that breeds that is that they are fuel mileage races. So the gas man is trying to get every drop of gas he can in there, so he's trying to ride ride the car out. So something to look forward to this weekend, limiting mistakes, and strategy is going to be huge. Strategy is always important, especially fuel at road courses. That'll be something to watch for sure. We'll stick around. We're going to talk about some Road America picks right when we get back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We are rolling up to Elkhart Lake this weekend, Chuck. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. Ever since we stopped going to Daytona July 4th weekend, I was a little bit sad. Because Daytona, July 4th, it was hot one, but you always knew what to expect for that Firecracker 400. I did not know what to expect going to Road America last year. But when I got there, I was pleasantly surprised. The weather was nice, and there was a ton of race fans that came out. And supported that thing. I heard of somewhere over 100,000 people came out and was camping, came to spectate us up there at Road America. So I'm excited to go up there again for year number two with the cup cars. It'll be number year number four with the Xfinity Series cars. Uh, a lot of guys doing double duty this weekend. 
Uh, Kyle Busch won the Xfinity race last year. He run third in a cup race uh, as well. But Christopher Bell, 2019 winner of the Xfinity Series, runs. he was a runner-up last year to Chase Elliott. That's who I'm going with. He yeah. needs a dub. He needs a dub. Nobody's really talking about him. Gibbs is starting to figure it out. They're making a lot of mechanical grip, as we saw a lot of uh, Toyotas up towards the front there at Nashville, and they certainly know how to make some mechanical grip. So I do think, guys, my choice this weekend is Christopher Bell. Merriman. Who's your uh, ice cold pick? <laughs> uh, it's between Chase or Larson. Think so? so? Hmm. Yeah, I'll just rub it, rub it back in Ryan's face. I think, uh, I think Chase gets win sixteen. Gets Why that much that closer to, to beating his dad all time. <laughs> He's well, going back to the. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Belly could ever win at Road America. I don't know. I'd rather win seven races in Michigan than one at Road America. But <laughs> anyway, that's America's yeah. National Park of Speed, sir. I think it's great. Yeah. I man. How do you know I, the that? Hendrick cars. I, I read the VO for the ad for that for a couple of years when it was the Xfinity race. <laughs> that is kind of cool, though. Yeah. yeah the, America's <laughs> National Spark of Speed. It's pretty. Johnsonville Brats, too. The, uh, so, like, the Hendrick cars haven't been as great as they were. It was pretty, like, road courses in the years past, you're going to run second to a Hendrick car. No doubt. You know, that that's Chris Bell won Daytona. Uh, the, the Gibbs cars were good, but I look at, this place, I think everybody's more on a level playing field. And the, the two that I think are dark horses, because this is kind of more of a sports car track and they've run there before, I do like Almendinger and I like Austin Sendrick. I think they're they're two guys that, with clean days, could make some noise. I, I dig the Dinger pick. Um, obviously, he's, you know, the uh, best road course racer across all series. He's the most winningest, I guess. Across all series now, I believe across that. all across all series. Yeah. Yes, I do believe so. Yes, I think that stat when he won the last one was the thing. Yeah, um, did he win a truck road course race? I don't know. No, but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Trackhouse, and I like Chastain. They've swept the road courses thus far. I, I think they've and got he finished some, seventh last year. They've got something figured out right now, and they're they're showing it on the road courses like we saw with Chase in years past. Like, I, I think he's got well, more competition, and I, I like Chastain. But don't overlook from Sonoma. Like, Larson, Cliff tried to play that stupid strategy with Larson at Sonoma, rebounded, had a little bit of a run going, wheel came off. Chase was, I believe, was he leading the race or running the top? He, I don't know, he led a bunch of that race, and then they had the wheel issue where they had to back him up and pit again. So it's not like Hendrick has lost their speed. No. Uh, I, I think... I think if you're going to tier it, even if this season, I don't care if, if Trackhouse has run, run one, the two road courses that we've went gone to, I think I think it's still Hendrick's race to lose. I think they've just, I think the competition has elevated to the level where Hendrick is. Well, he's got the penny. Got the penny out. Let's see. Heads is Trackhouse. Trackhouse. Tails is Hendrick. Ready? And it is. Oh, 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 oh. oh it's Ryan Tails. Brady. Tails. Sweet so Hendrick, guys. You heard it here first. You, you heard it here first. I can't argue with it. Tails never fails. I don't know if I even agree with it, but <laughs> the coin says tails. It's going to be Hendrick, so go with Chase Elliott but or Merriman, Kyle Larson for your DraftKings. Merriman lineups. picked it, so it's I'm a cold take. I'm on a heater, dude. Are you? Dude, I don't, the, the penny doesn't lie. Now, Ross, I don't know if we've actually seen went back and went back and cross-referenced it, but until somebody says it's wrong, it's going to be right. I do but know my pick last weekend was 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 Kyle Busch, and that, that didn't work out. It, it almost did. Almost did, till it didn't. Yeah. What well, about if Ross 
is leading and AJ Allmendinger ships him in the Canada corner to pay him back for it's Circa the Americas. That warranted yeah. poetic warranted. Justice. Yeah. justice. And 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 in that case, I'd be kinda right because I like your pick of Dinger. <laughs> and I pick pick Ross, so I'm gonna I, claim that I don't I just don't know. I don't know if AJ moves Ross uh for the win being not a full time guy. But who knows? Oh, if there's dude, a cut if there's the a cut, stamp. yeah. If dude, they lick the stamp and ship him. Uh if you do it you got to do it. Yeah. Like, no, I think you'd do it hard enough to where you wouldn't get back to him like, for sure. Yeah. You're either going to put him so deep in the gravel trap that he's never coming back from it or – yeah. Unless yeah. you're Joey Logano and you do it to Will Byron at Darlington, then it's excessive. <laughs> right. But if you're everybody else, it's not – such cool. a homer, dude. <laughs> dude, no. I'm just, I'm just talking about That's it. That's all we got. Sunday, 3 o'clock Eastern on no other channel but USA. USA. On July 3rd. It's just something uh, patriotic about that. As well as my Bilt Bar car is patriotic as well. Hopefully you guys tune into my my Instagram video and got see some, that. Got some eagles. It's got a bald eagle on the hood of that thing. Ca-caw. It's at least a half second. So that only puts me about a second and a half off the pace of the road course. You could say you're going to be flying this weekend. I'm going to be flying this weekend. Hopefully I can jump on iRacing or uh, watch some ESPN. The coverage is excellent. The stars and Learn. stripes and the eagle flies. What? He's a big Aaron Tippin fan. Just <laughs> get out of the show. <laughs> Just get some questions in here. <laughs> Janie, what are our questions this week? Okay, Janie. Penny for your thoughts this week. Got some good ones. What we got? We're going to start off with a question that I have for you. And I want to know, when a crew chief is suspended, how are they communicating from home to the team at track? And why are they allowed to communicate? Uh, I don't think that there's a way that NASCAR really can uh, obstruct them from communicating, whether it's on Slack or text messaging, right? Like, they're all, you're always going to be able to text or call, but there's uh, instantaneous um, chats, whether it be GroupMe or Slack. I know those teams have war – a lot of the big teams have war rooms back at their shop. They have engineers and live uh, – strategy software going on simultaneously but what the biggest detriment i believe if there's a crew chief like cliff or anybody when sparks was suspended uh he's got the delay of the tv which the delay of the tv is sometimes i don't know a minute minute and a half and that could be the difference on making uh game time decisions on coming down for four tires and a green flag stop or whatever it is so having your crew chief not there isn't a huge deal because for the big ticket items, they can still communicate uh, pretty much live time. But in terms of those uh, two or four tire calls in the heat of the moment, like heat of the moment, whoever's filling in for the crew chiefs making those calls. And they probably have the processes already uh, out in certain situations to figure out what they're going to call in a certain scenario. Um, But nonetheless, you know, to lose your, to lose the leader of your team, no matter who it is and what team it is, it's definitely a big blow for sure. Hunter Wallace 170 asks, do you think teams could put some sort of sensor on the inside of the gun to where the red lock pops up on the spindle on the gun would stop spinning or something like that? Obviously, there can always be malfunctions. What if there was a green or red light on the gun? You're going way too fast to even look at it. Yeah, so like the NBC deal had the locks red, but I was just to show them they're not red. You can't even really see them. No, they're black. Like, yeah, they're, well, they're just metal colored. Yeah. And the locks don't do anything unless the wheel is tight. So, like, they're just there. And they've also, when rear wheels have been loose this year, it has sheared them off. It's a thing that, like, when when it's tight, it's not. When the wheel's tight, it's not doing anything at all. 
There's also been instances where like I've seen left fronts left loose at the end of the race and the lock has kept the wheel on. Hmm. So that so they do do serve a purpose. There has been talks and I think when Paoli entered the sport, the goal was to have a system that told you if the wheel was tight or not. When I, the only thing that's going to help me with is once I get back over the wall, I'll know if it's tight or not. In the heat of the moment, you're not going to know and the car's still going to leave the pit box and the wheel's still going to fall off if it's loose. So I think that those are great things in theory, but when you're actually out there doing the job, you don't have the time to, to look at it. And and we know pretty much right away from helmet camera if it's tight or not. And I, I, I'm starting to get to the point where I know the feel and the sound of what it should be. And I can realize what an issue is where, you know, before we had 15 years of experience of knowing I could tell you, you know, with five lug nuts, how tight each lug nut was. And like, hey, th- I, I short stroke three a little bit. That one's not tight, but I know I have four tight. So this year we had about 10 weeks to get ready for Daytona, maybe less of experience with the guns and what we were having. And even at that point, you know, we saw all the hot topics about the the pinholes being opened up on the back of the wheels and all the sorts of different stuff. So we're just now getting into the groove of being able to understand fully what is tight and what is not. But that is a great uh, question that it has come up in theory. It has been talked about, but really and honestly, uh, you're not going to be able to use it in the amount of time that it takes to change tires. Coinman900 asks, should NASCAR allow competition to speak to each other during the race? Not overriding the team radio, but maybe a mutual radio connection during cautions. Absolutely not. That would be a terrible idea. Now, contrary to that, one of my favorite video games growing up was the EA Sports uh, Team Speak. Remember that? When you can like change car you're driving during the race. Um, or when uh, the dra- the tandem drafting was a thing and you can turn it to your teammate. Like, I thought that was cool as hell, but I understand why NASCAR got rid of that because they can't have one spotter spotting for three cars or four cars. Um, but, yes, it is not a good idea f- to allow us to talk to each other on the radio. Even if it's mutual? No. 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 Like, yeah. like, send them a, like, a, like a message request. Alex Bowman, Corey LaJoy would like to talk to you. Hey, man, sorry for dumping your ass right there. <laughs> See you later. Click. Like, did it hurt? Did, did it hurt? <laughs> All right, you good? All right, man, I'll see you on the bird. Like, what are you going to say? You know? Yeah. I think it would get gimmicky, too, if you could do that. Yeah. Because what was it? it? In the tandem, you had, like, three channels that you oh, could. Yeah. No, you had everybody's oh. channel in your radio. You could, so you oh, could? Yeah. Because I thought they had, like, a knob that they could oh, switch yeah. between yeah. Yeah, but the they whole had, like, field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. That's when, how long ago? Was that like 10 years? Yeah, about 10, years, 10 ago. years ago. Yeah. Dude, tandem drafting three was electric. Three by three to the line. Johnson. Yeah, that was great stuff. Yeah. All right, Machine of Clinty. He wants to know if there was any historical moment in NASCAR you would want to be a part of from any time or any reason, from the first race to uh, any other milestone or moment bigger than the sport itself. See, that's the kind of questions that I'm looking for for Penny Your Thoughts. That's the ones that I want. Not the ones about lights on the pit guns or this, that, and the other. Give me the questions like this right here. Historical moment for NASCAR. I'd want to race on the beach. That's where I'd want to race, um, you know, and be one of those 700 cars that are ripping down the beach on the sand. Dude, but my list on that sort of stuff is huge. Um, but race on the beach is something I come I come to or being one of those guys sitting at the table at the Streamline Hotel when they sign the paperwork to figure that thing out. So that would be a really cool moment to be 
part of and a race to certainly be a part of or the first one at Daytona or something like that. Race at Soldier Field. Race at Soldier Field would be pretty cool. Not as much like like when I just – the first thing that came to my mind was yeah. racing on the beach at Daytona. Um, so that's what I would probably be. That would be my thing. What was the video game a couple of years ago where you could actually do that? There was one yeah. of the NAS- like, NASCAR game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That- It'd be fun. Until you got done with the race, you had to drive that same car home to Canapolis. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Just yep. change out the tires. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got. So that was a good question, especially that last one. More of those questions, guys. Penny, for your thoughts. We got a Penny Stacker of the Week. I didn't really know. I had a couple of different people I was going to give a shout-out to. One of them, they, they opened a back like road out of the racetrack to help the infield traffic get out to the highway quicker. And it was like – three miles from the from the racetrack to the highway and it was pitch black dark on that road and they're about i'm all but to the highway and there's some guy with his cooler stumbling around with a cell phone light on all i see from like a half mile away is like this little like white light just like being flopped around and there's some poor son of a drunk as a skunk walking with a cell phone light in the pitch black dark <laughs> and he was like three miles from the racetrack my man has been walking for a long time uh maybe i should have let him know that chase elliott won the race because he had to leave before the race was over but i was going to give the penny second week to that guy but then i changed my mind as i came in here this morning as hot as it was i wanted to give a shout out to all the parents who brought their kids to the racetrack because having a two-year-old and now a one-month-old i know how tough it is to load your kids up and go anywhere so all the, uh, the parents that are bringing their young kids out there, whether they're 12 years old, all the way down to two years old, anywhere in between, I know uh, I speak for myself as well as everybody in the industry that we appreciate you guys cultivating the next fans of our sport. So any family that's coming out to any given week, taking their little kids to the racetrack, you guys are the penny stackers of the week. Make sure you guys tweet us, hashtag Penny for your thoughts on Twitter. Continue to fire in some good ones each and every week. Also, make sure you like, download, share, rate, review, do all the things. Give us a thumbs up. Say we're doing a good job. And listen, spare change this weekend. And as always, we appreciate you guys for stacking pennies with us.